Welcome to an all-new episode of Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. And on today's episode, I'll try to make friends with professional wrestler Paloma Starr faster than I would take a pinfall after she hit her finisher, the Black Dahlia, on me. I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Wow, I'm impressed already. Yeah. I'm impressed, you know, my finisher name because I hardly ever get to get to hit on anybody. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Some of the some of the best finishers, like you, um, one of my favorite finishers of all time is uh, the Vertebraker, Shane oh, Holmes. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! I like when when he would hit that. I it was like one of those things where I was like, I don't know how people are like even standing up. It looks so devastating. Um, yeah. So if you know a good finisher, sometimes it's one of those things that like when you pull it out, you know, it's like shit's getting real. So maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing that you don't hit it all the time. Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because I'm a heel and I'm always like super dirty winning all the time. So, and I hardly ever win clean. <laughs> I do win. <laughs> so I don't need well, to hit my finisher. There we go. That sounds way cooler. That sounds way yeah. cooler. I don't need to hit my finisher. <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need yeah, to. Yeah, there well, you welcome. go. Welcome, Paloma Star, to the Fast Friends Podcast. Uh, it's an honor to have you on. I, I wanted to ask how your day was going. I know, um, well, and also your birthday is coming up, right? It is. It's in two days. It's two October 6th. I'm super excited. Okay, so days. if you're listening, uh, it'll get there late, but you could go on to her Amazon wish list and send her a gift still. Um, yes, please. But, yeah, because this will be coming out the day before your birthday. Yeah. Uh, so see, there's still time. There's still time, you guys. Totally. And even if that's after my birthday, I'll still take it. I do the whole like October is my month because every time, every October, I always have so much stuff going on, especially this year more than any year. But this year it's my birthday. Then, you know, I'm getting married, you know, just, you know, no big deal or anything. Just like the biggest event of my life so far. So. Wow. Congrats. I had no idea about that. Thank you. Yeah. Getting married October 16th. This is actually our fourth wedding date because we had to keep on postponing it due to you know this the panoramic the panini <laughs> jesus it is yeah god bless you yeah so it is you're just gonna you're finally gonna it's gonna happen yeah it's finally gonna happen it's actually here i have like a little countdown and my little sign that i have here at home 12 <laughs> more days like it's actually happening like we me and my fiance have been together for almost it'll be 14 years in october october okay. 20th see i'm telling you october is like a great yeah. month for me plus i absolutely love halloween like i am obsessed with halloween i have okay. like four Halloween costumes every year because I'm extra like that when it comes to Halloween, but it's, it's happening. Finally, I'm getting married after not only after 14 years, but after having to postpone it four times, I'm just like stuck between the whole, I'm super anxious for it to be here. And like, I just want to get over with already. Yeah. But I'm yeah. pumped for it. There's so, I have so many questions based on everything that was just said. Um, I'm trying Please to think where to, where to go, where to go. Uh, so four costumes per, is this is per year. Do you repeat costumes or are you like are one and done? 
It depends where I'm at. Usually I'm a one and done, but like if I wore it to like, uh, when I used to have a, uh, an office job, like, you know, yeah. nobody cool sees yeah. my class in my office job. So I'll repeat it then. But you, now that I don't have an office job, it's very rarely that I repeat costumes. It's usually at least three to four costumes. Last year was, I only had two because obviously a whole, you know, no, there was nothing, absolutely nothing to do. So I only, right. I only had to. That's so funny. That I, say, <laughs> I only had two costumes uh, last year. How do you feel about couples costumes? Is that a yay or nay for you? It depends. If they're really good and creative, then it's a yay. If it's a super lame and like you did, you just obviously made your partner try this on and they're not having a good time. It's a, it's a boo for me for sure. But if yeah. it's good, good and creative and both of them are having fun, then I'm here for it. But most of them, not gonna lie. Most of the time, a couple of costumes are kind of lame. Yeah. So I've yeah, only done I, one couple costume in my whole well, life. What was it? Can I ask? It was cl- <laughs> yeah. It, was, it wasn't even anything that cool. It was Cleopatra and the Pharaoh. But my Cleopatra okay. was like super like extra Cleopatra. It wasn't <laughs> just like I'm wearing gold and stuff. Like I went like all out Cleopatra. Okay. Wow. <sighs> okay. So that's uh, lots of questions there. Jeez. <laughs> um, I, we weren't allowed. I shouldn't say we weren't allowed. My mom listens to this sometimes and she'll say that's not true. We didn't really celebrate Halloween a lot growing up. Um, we We weren't like. Luckily, my mom and dad like weren't um, it was driven by their religious beliefs, uh, but they didn't like make us not dress up at school or anything like that, you know, to where we would like stick out and be the only kid not in costume. (laughs) So they did let us do that. And they would take us like trick or treating. But like we weren't you know, we didn't like pass out candy. Well, We also lived in a place where nobody would come to our house. But um, we didn't like get to do any of the Halloween stuff. So like for me, it's always been a a holiday that like I just didn't get into. Um, But I I wish that like especially having lived in Chicago now. Um, I mean, it's a big deal in Chicago. So, um, you know, I was just sort of like, that would be really fun to go all out. But by the time we got here, like I was old and married. So it was kind of over for us. <laughs> we were just doing lame uh, couples costumes and handing out uh, candy in the suburbs. Well, at least you get to hang out candy. That's the one thing that I like. wish I could do. I live in the city in a building that used to be a brewery. So it's very awkwardly laid out. So I never get to hang out, hand out candy. So I do miss that. I wish I could hand out candy. I actually wish I could still go trick-or-treating. I know that's kind of like weird and stuff, but I actually don't even like candy that much. I just like going trick-or-treating, see everybody's costumes, seeing the decorations of the houses and how they go all out. There was yeah. one time in Texas where I borrowed my friend's kids so I could just go trick or treating and be like, hey, <laughs> I, I should do like a service, like a, like an Uber service. So like, hey, you want Halloween off? Lend me your kids so I can go trick or treating. Yeah, basically. maybe you could do that next year. I, it yeah. sounds like your October's full this year, so I would wait till next <laughs> year. But, yeah, okay, so I would hire you if year. I had kids, like because right? sure. I would hate that shit. <laughs> I would love it. I would. I know I would get so into it. Like if they have a theme, I could go with the costume theme of your kids too. I'd be. So oh, winter, yeah. I'll give, I could give them out the good candy. Cause like I said, I'm not even that big of a fan of the candy. I'm just like, here, you could have, I'll keep the good candy that I like, like Reese's pieces and Snickers and stuff. Okay. But they could have the rest of it. I was going to ask you what, um, when you said the ones that you like, so you already named it. I, I feel like, did you grow up in that era when like there was the, I feel like we used to have to take our candy to the hospital and have it like x-rayed and shit. Cause for some reason, like. My parents and aunts and stuff. It was like before Facebook was fake news. Like they would somehow hear this fake news that people are like putting razor blades and stuff and Smarties or like crushed up glass. Uh, I don't know. Like it's, you know, 
it's good to know that the world's always been evil. <laughs> right. I feel like for me, it was like uh, they would say like, oh, that there were drugs in your candy or laced with something. And now that I grew up, I'm like, who's wasting that money? No one. No one. Doing that. <laughs> like, that seems so unbelievable. Like now that I go back and think about it, it's like, wait, what? that takes a lot of time and effort. And whoever has that much is, is going to use it on themselves as opposed to like, you know, kids and stuff. So, yeah, that was never happening and i think like even the police uh station used to have like bring your candy we could like mm -hmm. x-ray them for free but i grew up in mexico so uh most of my early halloween time especially trick-or-treating was definitely not <laughs> taking that into consideration at all i just like heard it from like other kids that i went to school at in the states because i was i grew up in mexico but i would cross the border every day to go to school i feel like oh, i wow. keep on talking and just i like, keep on like like a thousand questions probably pop up into your <laughs> head because like i'm all over the place and so much is going on with me i feel like but yeah so i used to i grew up in mexico and i would cross the border every day to go to school um so I lived like almost a completely different life than most of the people in my school. But also I grew up in a border town. So it was also kind of like normal for people to do that. Yeah. But like to somebody like me who grew up in Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> it just exactly. sounds very, very. Yeah. You're like, no way. But yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, probably your normal life. Exactly. Yeah. It was wow. my normal life crossing the border every day telling the custom agents American so they could let me through <laughs> and then just go on to school. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, we're gonna we'll get into some more some more <laughs> stuff about your life. Um, uh, just to give you and the people listening at home, in case they haven't listened before, like a premise overview. Basically, we'll go through three rounds um, of this podcast. The first is called the fast forward round. So um, we will, you know, quickly kind of hit on stuff throughout your life um, and career and things like that. The second round is called five for five. It is um, absolutely named after the Arby's culinary deal from the nineties where you got five classic roast beef sandwiches for $5. Um, that would be like the best trick or treat for me actually right now. If somebody would just toss a roast beef sandwich in my bag. Um, and the third round is the fast friends fortune teller where we'll use this paper fortune teller, um, to pick an activity and then we'll end with a friend request. Does it sound like a plan? Sounds like a great plan. I'm here for it. I'm excited. Yay. The stakes are high. I'm excited to have you. So we'll start with the fast forward round. You kind of uh, mentioned this already, You were, but um, that you grew up in Mexico, but what um, you were born in Northern California originally. Is that correct? I was. Yes. I'm a bay, from the Bay Area. I was born in San Jose, California. I'm a huge 49ers fan. A lot of people are like, why are you a 49ers fan? If you live in Chicago and are from Texas, I'm like, I was born in the Bay. But yeah, I lived in, Tex in California for less than a year and then me and my okay. mom moved back to uh juarez which is in mexico where all my family is from and, and that's where I, that's where i grew, I grew up okay so it was back to be be with family yeah um what were you like as a kid oh man i was a kid like as a smaller kid before i was a teenager yeah, i was yeah. like such a nerd like <laughs> i got like my elementary school had to make up an award because of me they made up an award of perfect attendance from pre-k to fifth grade because i did not miss one day of school i was there every single day and they had to make up this award for me and the prize was three books Two of them, which I had already read, which I was so pissed off about. Like, I was like, I had this great achievement that has never been seen in my elementary school. And I get three books. I was so mad. But I was such a nerd. So, like, 
enthralled with school and like learning and I thought I like knew everything I was super friendly and talkative which I think that hasn't changed but I was definitely <laughs> like a super I was an only child uh still okay. an only child so I had a super vivid imagination I had a imaginary friend named Wendy I uh, didn't have anybody really to play with uh so I was definitely as much and when I did find friends I was like oh hello please be my friend because I have nobody to talk to at home but uh, definitely a big school nerd for sure what was your favorite subject oh man that's a good question i i didn't even think i had a favorite subject because i was like i as lame as it sounds i was so good at all of them that sounds so weird and lame but no. i think i really liked uh social studies which i didn't okay. even think like i don't even i'm like what is that subject when you're in college like what social studies like yeah history i don't know like it was just like <laughs> That's weird. But I like social studies and I liked language arts, not so much because uh, I spoke English, but because I could write. And I think when I was little, I was like, oh, I'm going to be a writer. And I also was very heavily influenced by that old movie, Harriet the Spy. And okay. I had like I wanted to find a super random and I had my own little like notebook and I would, like write down things. And I, I thought I was like a spy and I don't know, I wanted to be a I didn't know I wanted to be a writer. I just knew I like to write things down. So that's why I like language arts too. Okay. Um, Harriet the Spy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Was it in Mexico where you first uh, like got exposed to professional wrestling, I'm assuming? It was. It was uh, Lucha Libre, and I remember going to the shows with my mom and my grandmother when I was very, very young. To the point where they would bring along like a bottle of like a bottle of juice, a bottle of milk, a bottle of water, like the like actual bottles because we were there for so long. And we'd go to the shows all the time. And we grew up in this really like super small, poor uh, neighborhood of Juarez. And but there was always this one wrestler named uh, Flama Roja that would be local there all the time. That was my mom's favorite wrestler. And then I remember like going, like being really enthralled with the mask of it, the the colorful costumes, um, like just the showmanship of it. And then I, my favorite wrestler, my personal favorite wrestler growing up was Tiniablas. And when I was seven years old, I actually got to meet him at a grocery store. He was doing a grocery store signing, like a signing, take, cool. Yeah, like a signing. Like it would have been funny if he was just like shopping for groceries <laughs> with his mask, with his mask on, and be like, oh hey. <laughs> but that could totally happen too. But I remember. Remember being seven years old, meeting my favorite wrestler, Tinieblas, Tinieblas alongside with his little meanie, Alusha, because most uh, uh, luchadores, especially back then, had meanies, which were either their, their themselves, but as a little person or like a little mascot. He was like a little, um, I, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I don't watch Star Wars. I've never seen Star Wars, but that little like. Me either. You walk. Oh, you either? I, what? Never. Oh my Never. gosh, I thought I was going to get crucified for that. No, I'm, no, like I'm a nerd, but I'm not that nerdy. <laughs> I feel the same way too, but I guess like an Ewok, I think that's what he was called. But that's okay. similar to that. But I, I have a Polaroid picture of me standing next to Tinieblas and Aluche, um, smiling all happy. Be like, I cannot believe I'm meeting my favorite wrestler. <laughs> And ever since then, I was like completely hooked with with Lucha Libre. But for the longest time, I didn't know there was other things besides Lucha Libre. I didn't even know sure. there was like American wrestling or there was like another world besides Lucha. Okay. Sure. Because that's like if you especially if you went like so many times. Right. Like yeah. and that was all the exposure. Um, because And I don't know, like I don't. I mean, I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling growing up. I'm a big wrestling fan um, now. I wasn't allowed to watch it, though. 
Um, and it made me want to watch it more, but I can see, like, I remember when I first started watching, I didn't know anything about like the territory days or any of that stuff. Right. Cause it was like predated. So I started watching like, and really watching during like the Monday night wars, which I mean, I, I think everyone watched at that point, but, um, yeah, it's, I can see how, like, if you, if that's what you see every week and like, that's what you're exposed to that. I mean, that's, you, that's your entire knowledge of, yeah. of wrestling. Um, so when you, I did meet the Miz, by the way, at a grocery store once not doing a signing. He was literally <laughs> shopping. Um, what was he like? Was he nice? He was so nice. He was oh. so nice. Yeah. I, my wife is the one that recognized him. She was like, uh, that's the Miz. He was like in the produce section. And I was like, what? Um, and I have a picture with him. I got it uh, in the middle of a Walmart, like a supermarket. I didn't give a shit. I was like, I'm getting a picture with the Miz. <laughs> Why um, not? Go for it. And now look, look at him dancing on the stars. Like, yeah, he's so, so totally. must see. No, he was, he was incredibly kind. Um, okay. So at seven, you, you get to meet your favorite wrestler. Do you have any idea at this point, like that you want to maybe do that? Or are you like, don't even know that that's like a thing that actual people do? Like, I, and what the reason I'm asking is like, I'm thinking when I was seven, I did know about wrestling. I just wasn't allowed to watch it, but like, they were almost like superheroes to me. I would never like put my mind together to think like, Oh, you can go learn to do this. Like a normal person. It's so funny. You say that because Tilla was maybe like 17, 16, 17. I didn't know you could become a wrestler because in Mexico, you just like kind of were a wrestler. Cause it was like the family business. Like you were okay. a luchador. It was, you were a luchador because your dad was a luchador because your uncle or your brother or somebody else in the family was a luchador. Like it wasn't, it was like the family business. So I had no idea that you could even like train to be a wrestler. Like I didn't even know that till I started going to indie shows in El Paso. Like I was okay. like, wait, or like when I first got, like they were having Lucha Libre Caliente girl tryouts. That's how I actually got exposed into the business. I was going to indie shows with my friends because my uh, one of my friends' boss was a wrestler there. And I'm like, I don't know what that is, La Lucha Girl Caliente, but I want to try it out. Like, And it turned out to be a ring girl. And I went and talked to the promoter and I'm like, hey, I want to try out for this. And I had pink hair at the time. I had my eyebrow pierced and I was a senior in high school. And he's like, well, you don't look like a ring girl. And I'm like, uh, WTF, what is that supposed to mean? And he's like, have you ever, have you ever thought about a, being a wrestler? I'm like, well, yeah. Cause I thought everybody thought about being a wrestler, you know, like when you're a kid, you play around in the, on the playground, or at least I did, I would be like, Oh, I'm Lita or I'm China. So I thought I wanted like, like, that's how I thought of like, that's how I wanted to be a, be a wrestler. He's like, no, you could train to be a wrestler. I'm like, wait, you can like what wow. is wrestling yeah. school? So like that was like my first time that I even even knew that there was a such thing as training or as wrestling schools. Because this whole time I was under the impression that the only way to get into wrestling was either if you knew somebody in it or like if you related to somebody in it. Okay, so you you did the ring girl, <laughs> the ring girl meeting, which didn't go exactly as you no. planned. At that point, is that when you were like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go try this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to actually train or were you like, okay, that's nice, but not right now. I did wanted to jump in it right away. The only thing was that I was like two weeks away from moving to San Antonio for college. So I was like, I think it was two weeks. It was like very close. It was either like a month out or it was very close before I moved to college. So I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Yes. I want to do this, but 
I'm about to move away to college. So, and he's like, how about just come check out a training session? You don't have to do anything. Just sit, sit, sit on the side. So you could actually see what it is. And then maybe you could come to the next show. Cause I think it was like within the next week or so. So I went and actually checked out training. I was like, Oh wow, this is awesome. And I've been in, I've been in sports all my life. I've been in theater all my life. So I'm like, this is like, both things that I love and want. And then the next week, I that's when they had the show. And I got thrown in to be a valet for the biggest heel in the company. And I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, I think I can do this. I've been, like I said, I've been in theater all my life. I've been watching wrestling. I know what a valet does. And I know what a manager does. So I'll go out there, except right before I walk out, the promoter was like, so what's going to be your name? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what's gonna be your like your 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 stage name? I'm like, I, I didn't think about this this far. Like, I was just told to come to the show. So my mom was at the show, and I texted her. I was like, in my little Virgin mobile phone because it was like <laughs> pay by the pay pay by you pay pay by the minute, pay by the text. Virgin mobile. I was like, uh, I need a stage name, and I don't know, I don't know what my name should be. And she's like, well, why should uh, you should be called Star because you like stars? I'm like, okay. I was like, yeah. So then my first wrestling name was Star. Thanks, mom, for the creativity. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went out there as the uh, valet, as the to the biggest heel there. And I stood in the ring and I got booed. I got told so many super mean comments. My mom was in the audience and she was like talking trash back to the people telling me these super oh, mean no. comments. But I was like eating it up. I remember sitting, uh, being like in the middle of the ring, just like being like my stuck up character that I was being. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is so cool. Like, I I remember thinking like, if this is so cool, like if me just standing here and not having to wrestle, I could only imagine what it would be like once I actually start training. So after that, I was just like, yeah, like 1000% before I was like 100%. And I was like 1000%. I want to do this. Okay. So I have a question because that's obviously really fast to be thrust into the spotlight, even as even like, and you say, I mean, like you say only a valet or only a manager. I mean, you didn't say that, but some people say that that's like a very pivotal role in a lot of matches. Like, was there anything that you had to like, did you have any major role or were you just kind of there? I think I had one major role where I had to like trip his opponent during the match. And this is before I like really knew anything about like the setup of a match. So I was just like, I need to watch for this one move that I know like what it was. So I knew what it was. I'm like, okay, after this, I know I have to trip him. And like, no, that was it. And I think that like that set up for like the cutoff and stuff. So I was just like, remember thinking like, don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. Right. This one thing. So that <laughs> definitely was like, uh, I was like introduced into the ring, like cut a promo, like being all stuck up then, then had to be ringside for it. Well, I was still managing to like talk trash to the crowd at the same time too. So I was like, Oh no, I can't talk too much trash i had to concentrate so right. i would miss my one first spot ever <laughs> thankfully i didn't so it worked okay. out so it went well okay that's yes. good that's good i'm happy for you because that could have been bad or if they like change something on the fly right oh totally like, that yeah, would have been you know, terrible there's so for much... me <laughs> wow okay um so let's you ended up going to college anyway, though, right? Like the, the next week you were like, oh, I'll still go to college. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the next few weeks or the next month, I'm like, okay, I'll still go to college. And I went to college and I actually ended up uh, fi- uh, connecting with a couple of wrestlers that I knew from the company that I was working with in El Paso. I think I did two shows before moving to officially moving to college. And I had met them there. I had interacting, interacted very briefly with them there. And then I knew that they were based in San Antonio, too. So I sent them a message on MySpace. 
That's how long ago <laughs> this was. I, I, everybody's like, I, a lot of people that m- meet me now, they're like, I didn't realize you've been in wrestling for this long. I'm like, yes, I've been in wrestling forever, actually. <laughs> but I sent them a message on MySpace. I was like, hey, I met you guys at a show in El Paso. I'm in San Antonio now. We'll, uh, we'll love to go to some shows and train with you guys. And they actually picked me up that weekend <laughs> for a wrestling show. And I was in my first impromptu match and taking my first bumps, which was a very bad decisions all around by everybody. But hey, I was just like, I'm living the life. I'm living in college on my own. Look at me being a wrestler. Yeah, right. Even though I was not being a wrestler at all. But yeah, I was definitely like just fast forward to it and started training with them after that. I have a MySpace question. Yes. (laughs) Did you have like a glitter background and all that shit too? Oh, I had, I had everything. I had a glitter background. I had like green stars that would fall. I would have, I would have that code where like, no matter what you did, you could not turn off the the song. You remember how annoying that was? Mm -hmm. I did. I somehow knew how to do HTML code when I was like in high school and like, you know, freshman year of of college. (laughs) Like, yeah, everybody knew how to code back then. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. We were all web developers because we (laughs) had to make our MySpaces look the best yeah that's and awesome. like, uh, the little icons and how like how drama field your top eight were okay i can i make a confession about my top eight of course i used to change it every single week and i would post a bulletin explaining why people moved it up or down in position <laughs> or oh like God. if somebody was a new entrant what an asshole <laughs> the bulletins i remember bulletins I oh yeah bulletins. they were great i got really pissed though for a while because like my wife, we weren't married at the time, but so we were dating. So I had to have her in my top eight. I had to have both of my brothers. Like I automatically had three people out of my eight that were like spoken for. It was like such bullshit. Um, but yeah, man, MySpace was, whew, I loved MySpace. Me too. Um, I kind of miss it. Me too. I wish it would come back quite honestly. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so you're at, you're in San Antonio, you're going to school, you have this like first match, which when uh, so then you start training with these these guys i do yeah it's yeah. A anar- it's an anarchy championship wrestling i okay. started training it's like this like a huge but super dingy gym in the south side of san antonio which was like a wrestling gym a boxing gym and a cheerleading uh, gym as well and okay. i was a cheerleader in high school so i remember while i was training for wrestling i was like would watch the cheerleaders train too or like would like and i would almost like pick up their dad like their cheers and stuff because i had just came out of cheerleading and then my trainer would get so mad at me because it's like what are you doing like you're here for i'm like oh yeah sorry i'm distracted but i just <laughs> remember going back to my dorm and crying i would cry so much during training because i'm like how do i love something so much and i'm not good like it it, it took me years to get even remotely a smidgen good at wrestling like it, even just bumping i could not get bumping without me smashing my head on the floor each time like mm-hmm. it took me a long 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 time to get wrestling and even in training i remember being so pissed off at myself for not being being able to get it like and i remember thinking like i love wrestling i've been watching it all my life i'm super passionate i really want to do this like how am i not good at this like how, like it, it just would blow would blow my mind i would go to my dorm and cry and I, but I would still go back to training the next day and keep at it. Uh, I will say one good thing about my trainer is that the very first day that I showed up, he's like, this is Paloma. She's a girl. Don't treat her any different. Hit her just as hard. 
uh, don't be afraid to slam her. And uh, so I did appreciate that, that I was treated as an equal regardless of gender. And that's really, even to this day is what I try to do in, in wrestling is to people see me as that. Like, I don't never want to be like, oh, you're good for a girl. Like, I just want to be good. But wrestling training itself sucked. I got my ass kicked. Uh, I also think my trainer would try to make me puke on purpose, but I, I I was also a distance runner. I'm telling you, I was in sports my whole life. I was in distance runner, so I would just like run the ropes forever. He's like, "Why don't you puke?" I'm like, "I'm sorry. Like I'm <laughs> I'm used to running forever. I can't help it." And I definitely feel like in my training, I got like beat up on purpose to see if I would like show back up. But I did. While it might it might take me ten times to get a move down, I still showed up the next day. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you love it that much, right? Like, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> wrestling is like a drug. I feel like it is honestly, it is. um, with, with the training that you were doing, obviously like even just running the ropes and stuff like that, when you first start, like leaves its mark on you. Like, did you, you know, and Texas is also not Illinois where people like are wearing long sleeves and stuff here, like so much of the year, did you get like weird looks from people and stuff? Like, did you like, did you have visible scarring and stuff from, or, or was it like, I know it was emotionally a lot. I did. I think I actually might still do. Uh, not only did I get random bruises from the ropes, like I would always get bruised and I'm bruised so easily. Like currently right now, my legs are covered in bruises from two shows that I just did this week, this weekend. Mm -hmm. But, uh, when I was still training, uh, this is such a crazy story. When I was still training, I would literally do anything and everything to get on the show, which also included me taking super stupid bumps that nobody should be taking regardless if you're training or not. I was hit with board with uh, barbed wire bats. I was uh, taken through uh, uh, boards of barbed wire. Light tubes were like my specialty for some reason. Mouse traps, uh, you name it, I took it because I just want. I got power bomb and thumbtacks. But oh. my whole mindset was, while I'm not able to have matches right now because I'm still training, at least I'm on the show. And I, I was really stupid and really young. And I really wish somebody would have kind of pulled me aside and be like, stop. What are you doing? Like, you don't have to do this. But I was just so determined and wanting to be in front of a crowd and wanting to be in the show that was willing to do all these stupid bumps. So one time I was managing somebody who was in a Taipei match. The worst part, I wasn't even in this match. But for some reason, I had my, for those of you who don't know, a Taipei match is whenever two really silly wrestlers <laughs> tape their hands around and then put uh, broken beer bottle glasses on their hands. So they basically dip their hands in an adhesive. Sometimes they do a hot glue gun on broken glass. And so you're fighting with two taped up fists that have pieces of broken glass on it. And for some reason, me as a manager, I thought it would be a great idea if I did the same thing too. So here I am walking around. And during the match, the the my the the person that I was managing, his opponent, uh, hit me with his thing, with his with his taped up wrist, and I ended up getting busted open across the bridge of my nose. Uh, the my cut was so bad that I had to get uh, four stitches on the bridge of my nose and it was so deep that you could see my sinus cavity. So <laughs> I was walking around college with four blue stitches across the bridge of my nose for like two weeks because I thought it was a great idea for me to be involved in this match that I wasn't even necessarily in. So yeah, definitely would get definitely got lots of looks, especially from my professors. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I would sometimes miss a couple of classes because I was at a at, you know, show out of town or I would like go, go do a seminar somewhere. And then I show up with like, four stitches across the bridge of my nose. And by the way, this happened in middle of nowhere, Texas, where like the nearest hospital was 35 miles away. And I walk in and they're like, 
the doctors were so worried about me. They're like, um, what do you do? And are you okay? Like blink twice if you need help. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely c- could not hide the four <laughs> stitches across the bridge of my nose in college at all. <laughs> did you, did you tell people like around you in college that you were training and stuff? Like, did you talk about it openly? I did. And back then, I, like, as soon as you would meet me, that would be like the second thing you would know about me is that I was a wrestler. I was so like, cool. I thought I, thought I was so cool. I was, thought I was so proud. And actually, as I got older in my college career, I stopped because people started being really mean about it. And like, I, and I don't mind answering questions about wrestling, but people would always say, oh, you do that fake stuff. And like, I'm over mm-hmm. here, you know, with a busted nose and I'll beat up and like, uh, yes, I'm so fake. Right. Right. So I, I kind of like stopped being as open about it as I was. But my friends definitely knew to the point where I would go out to parties on the weekend because obviously college. And they'd be like, take him down, body slam him, mm-hmm. stuff like that. It almost became a party trick for my friends. Party tricks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you when you would tell people before you stop telling people, I'm very curious to, uh, to understand this because – I feel like there's a double standard. So I feel like yeah. if you're a guy and you're like, I'm training to be a wrestler, you'll you'll sometimes get the like, oh, fake wrestling, like that kind of stuff. But I feel like people in general are like, cool. But I feel like women that I've known that have gone through it, it's like, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, that's the yeah. reaction. And did you get the same thing? Like, were people, how did they respond when you would tell them that you were training? They would ask me why. Like, mm-hmm. what, like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, why? What are you doing with yourself? And I remember very specifically one guy telling me, he's like, what are you going to do when you're in a wheelchair when you're 40? And, like, that really made me, like, feel so bad. I think I even, like, started crying at one point. Like, everybody was so, like, concerned. Like, oh, what about if you mess up your face? Or what if somebody punches you? I'm like, I'm not thinking over here. Like, I've been there, done that. But they were very concerned more, I think, about my looks and what I would be perceived as as opposed to, I think, like, my actual, like, if I'm happy doing it. And so mm-hmm. I do agree. There is definitely a big double standard, not only like in wrestling, but I think with a lot of things, especially like the women had to go through in wrestling. But sure. I think I was more looked upon as in like, why? As opposed to like, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's just the double standard. And we'll get into that a little bit, probably more later when we're talking <laughs> about women's wrestling as a whole. Um, so you had us, you had, so you trained with those guys. You had a, um, you trained elsewhere though, right? Before you went to the ta- team Taz Dojo. So, um, I want to, I want to hear a little bit about like the in-between. Yeah. So I was in San Antonio, I want to say for like three years. And I, and it's crazy because I trained for like two years before I even had my actual real match before mm-hmm. I was doing these stupid ass match. I mean, I don't call them matches, but I, I always, it's so crazy because I've been, technically in the wrestling business since 2006 but i never count like the first two three years of my wrestling career because they were all shit like yeah. i wish <laughs> i had no business being in the wrestling ring like who allowed me to be in a wrestling ring but not because i was ter- terrible i mean i was but i was untrained like there was no reason right. for me to be taking those bumps so um and that's, at that time oh, can ahead. i say one thing that's yeah. part of the problem with wrestling now is that yep anybody I, I, there are so many people that go out and do these shows and they're not trained and then they're training other people i'm using air quotes training other people and it's like you don't know anything about wrestling like how are you training sorry yes so you're right it's like and it's only continued to like become a perpe- a more perpetual problem i feel like 
I agree. I'm sorry. I, I, mean, I, I totally I meet so many people. No, no worries. I just meet so many people <laughs> who say they wrestled, they trained for three months or trained for mm-hmm. six months and they're already having matches. I'm like, what? I'm like, I trained for like two years. So right. it just blows my mind. So after that, that's when I met my now fiance, soon to be husband in, two, in 12 days, Cody Jones. And I moved to Emerald, Texas. And I was finished up. I feel like that's where I really got to really really train um it's now uh the company now is called uh top of texas and that's when i really found out not only um uh, how to do the moves but why you're doing the moves and i think that's really what helped me out so much i mean even like like the whole like psychology of wrestling i think i just really got to like 100 know what it was like within the past like seven years since I moved to Chicago. But I think moving to Amarillo not only helped me out so much for my personal life, because I was definitely, I felt like I was going down a slippery slope in in San Antonio. But I was also like, uh, I was able to go to training any day of the week. We had a key to the building. There was a ring Mm -hmm. up the whole time. So I could roll around way more than I could. And they were bringing in different people. So I got to take different seminars. So I think that was really my bigger like like meat and potatoes of my training i feel like in san antonio it was like an intro like really like learning how to bump and even though in san antonio i got to train with some great people like chris hero and mickey knuckles and like they would bring in some big names and uh, daphne even and so i got to train like with so many cool people but it was only for like between the time from i finished setting up the ring and the, and the show started so it was like an right. hour or two hours and this time i think in amarillo this is when i really got to hone in on like the small things on why you do things as opposed to like how to do things and mm-hmm. then that's when i got to like you mentioned i got to do a finishing school at taz at team taz's dojo i was the first woman i was the first woman to be trained by taz yeah i, I was gonna say that so first woman um to be trained by taz like you said what <laughs> tell us what that ex- for people that are listening that may not be wrestling fans first you want to tell us who taz is um and why he had this dojo and then like what was it like being there as as the first woman well first of all i'll say the one word to describe this whole experience was intense yeah. intensity uh so taz was like this straight up badass dude still is that was like so mean like like him even if he wasn't a wrestler i feel like he would be scary like if you just see him walking <laughs> down the street you would not want to mess with him and i just remember very clearly watching him in tough enough like the old tough enough him sitting in the back of a truck yelling at people to run faster and i thought mm-hmm. that's how it was what it was gonna be and it was but there was just no truck <laughs> there was no truck for him to sit in uh, but he was definitely is a badass was a badass and he i think he had a really good mind for the business and i think it was so great that he did open up his dojo for it and especially because you had to be picked to be able to go train there so there was like i think he said like 600 applicants and only like 13 were picked for the first round and i was one of them so being not only being the first woman there but being part of the first class of trainees at team taz dojo was pretty cool he had a big old sign in orange and black of course above the ring that said intensity and that's what the theme of the whole finishing school was and what's what's kind of cool was that it was like finishing school so he wasn't training new people on how to like lock up he was it was more like i saw it like as grad school like as mm-hmm. a, like a, like how you, you you go there to refine what you already know not like barely learn it and that he taz was the first person to actually teach me the business side of wrestling how to uh how to act and how to compose yourself in the back and he was actually the very first person to tell me 
uh, don't say stupid stuff on the internet. Like this was in mm-hmm. 2012 and he yeah. was already saying, watch what you say online. If you have, you know, and Twitter or, or, or whatever you have is like, cause these big companies will go back and see what you say. And, and mm-hmm. that's was one of the biggest lessons that I learned from Taz was basically don't be an idiot online because it will come back and bite you or it will probably cost you, you know, an opportunity or, or a job. But it was really cool. I learned so much. It was so fun. It was so intense. And uh, for a little bit, <laughs> I did remember one time I thought he was going to start just suplexing everybody because he was getting like frustrated over something. And I was like, mm-hmm. I grabbed onto the rope and I was like, oh no, I'm about to get suplexed through this wall right now. <laughs> but it was a good time. I definitely learned more than I think I ever did throughout, like in that short amount of time. Uh, I, I, I'm so glad that I did it. And it's kind of cool seeing him like on AEW now, like, oh, hey, I trained with right. him. Right. So that's, uh, I'm going to ask uh, maybe, I hope an interesting question. Um, right now, as you mentioned, he's on AEW and he has team Taz there, which is, uh, Ricky Starks, Willie Hobbs and hook. If you could pick anyone on the AEW roster, well, it doesn't even have to be anyone on the AEW roster. Who would you add to team Taz to make it even stronger? Me. If, if okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. Me. <laughs> right. I feel like that's just the easy answer. No, but I actually like, uh, legit Layla. Because she oh, yeah. has, I, I don't know how to say her last name. I don't want. I want to. I don't want to mispronounce it. But legit, Layla. I think it's Hirsch. Maybe Hirsch. But, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but she has, as her name states, a legit background and being having her amateur style of wrestling that you don't see a lot in women in general Correct. would be awesome addition to Team Taz. And also, like I think she'd look like such a cool badass, like with with the rest of the team. Already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Okay, I want to pivot a little bit to a nickname for you. When did you adopt the moniker Sriracha Muchacha, and where did it come from? Great question. I actually adopted the moniker when I first moved to Chicago, which was will be seven years in November, which is kind of crazy to think about. I knew when I wanted when I made the move from Texas to Chicago, I wanted to almost like reinvent myself, but really like rebrand myself and not so much reinvent, but more rebrand. And I actually have always loved Sriracha. I used to be a cocktail waitress at this uh, sushi bar in Texas. And every night all the servers got to eat the leftover sushi rice and I would just like douse it in Sriracha. And I was legit love Sriracha. It's not a gimmick. Uh, my my fiance Cody tells me that I turn my my food red, and no matter he's like, you don't even know what real food tastes like because I literally put sriracha in everything. <laughs> so I always love sriracha. And then I actually got the idea from a New York City food blogger, as random as that is. I okay. think she like popped up on like somewhat. I was doing something on Instagram, and I saw that her Instagram handle was Sriracha Muchacha, and she would just post. Not even necessarily about Sriracha. She would just go to different restaurants in New York and write a, bl- a, a little blurb about it and take a picture and post it up. I'm like, and I sat with that name for a really long time. I knew about Sriracha Muchacha for a long time even before I moved to Chicago. But when I moved to Chicago, that's when I, I was like, okay, this is the perfect time for me to become the moniker, the Sriracha Muchacha. Plus, it's catchy. It sounds cool. Yeah. I'm a muchacha who loves Sriracha. <laughs> so why not be the Sriracha Muchacha? So I kind of like molded all my gear to be like red, white, and green. And I think it kind of coincides with my Mexican heritage. I'm a very proud Latina. So it kind of goes hand in hand with the Mexican flag. <laughs> I always give so much shit to my fiance Cody because he always thought <laughs> it was the stupidest idea. He said it would never work. It's not going to get over. And then now I feel like 
I'm a, I'm a very like brand recognition. Shout out to everybody who sees something Sriracha and either texts to me, sends it to me or says like, oh, every time I see Sriracha, I think about you. So, hey, I think it's working. Yeah, it's it's super catchy. I, I think it's, it's super great. Catchy. Thank My you. wife has been saying it for days because like she knew <laughs> about this uh, this interview. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's it works for her and she's a non fan. So there you go. Yay. Hey, it's working. Um, you talked about like, you talked about heritage. Um, I know you're a big advocate for representation in wrestling, right? Like not everybody is a, um, (laughs) a white blonde headed, uh, diva wrestler, like Sable from the back in the day. Right. (laughs) Um, there's been a, I would say some progress. I won't say a lot. What, like, can you explain? Cause I can't explain. (laughs) I understand, I think, but I'm a white male, right? Like I've, I've had representation my entire life. Um, why is it like, why is it so important so that other people know like where you're coming from when you're like, you need to have like people on your flyer that are not like, you know, a generic wrestler from video game X. Exactly. And (laughs) I'm super passionate about this. I went like on a huge Twitter rant about this just like last week uh, in regards to this. But representation matters because people are watching, people are looking and not only people, but like kids and like younger teenagers or people, even adults, honestly, like are want to see what they can relate to. And quite honestly, not everybody can relate to a tall, pretty, blonde, skinny, cis, hetero girl, unfortunately, or male, regardless of gender. And, and while they don't necessarily need to like have a carbon copy that, oh, I need somebody with half black, half red hair on your flyer so I can make sure they look like me. It's about having to be able to relate to something, having to catch on to something, be like, oh, hey, that person said that they spoke, a, they, their, that English is in their second, is in their first language. English is in my second language either. So that's kind of, that's kind of cool. Just having something that the fans can attach to, can relate to, can see themselves in. And whether maybe a fan is watching wrestling and they don't want to get into wrestling, the fact that they can see somebody who reminds them of themselves in any industry is so important for them to know that they can do it and that it is an opportunity. And quite honestly, it's boring if you see how the same people that all look the same. Like, I always see it from this perspective. Even when it comes to gear, if I'm in a, in a match with multi-person, if somebody who's there for the first time, they're like, oh, I like that girl. Okay, which one? The one with the blonde hair. All right, which one? The one wearing the two-piece. Okay, which one? The one, you know, like, if you you, right. if you don't have something that stands out that says, like, oh, I like the girl with the red and black hair. Everybody's like, oh, okay, no. Or like, oh, I like the girl that comes out with the with the hot sauce bottle. Like, if right. there's nothing, if, they, if you have in a match or in a flyer a group of people um, or girls that literally are like a copy and paste of each other. How are the fans going to be able to pick who they like or who they prefer or who they can relate to if everybody like looks the same? And I'm a big fan. I'm a big component of having your uh, talent reflect what your community looks like, what your mm-hmm. fan base looks like. And I don't know what show you're going to that the fans look the same. I mean, probably like a super hot town or LA, I guess. I don't know. But you know that all look like supermodels. But I think that your talent should reflect your fan base. Not only is it it's not even PC. It's just like a good business move too. Like if people are like, oh the world's too PC. Well if you don't want to be PC then screw it. At least be business savvy and learn right. that having a diverse group of people and talent helps sell tickets. What a weird concept. <laughs> no, I love it. And like I said, like I, it's, it's something that I don't, uh, I, I've never had to deal with. Like I said, um, 
I will say my wife is a teacher and, um, the, we've, we've made it a, so she's made it in the classroom an effort to like select books and like, you know, going from everything from like, um, gender to like gender identification to, um, you know, diversity to like disability, right? Like kids in a wheelchair, it's important for kids to see that. So like we've, it's something that we're working on, like in our life every day. So I think it's awesome that you are so outspoken about it for wrestling specifically, um, because there's a lot of work to do, right? I would say there definitely is for sure. And while I said, like, I always say like, Oh, who am I to say anything? But if I, if I, if I don't speak out or if I say it has to be said, even if I don't have like the biggest platform or the biggest following, I feel like if I say something about it, maybe somebody else who does have a bigger platform or a bigger following can then continue, continue the message. And it's not only so much about somebody saying like, Oh, look, I could do, I could do it too. But it's important in any industry. Like you said, with your, your, your wife being the teacher and having that and 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 just seeing the possibilities and i feel like a lot of people unfortunately think that just because it's different it's wrong or like oh that's not just not because like i didn't live through that or i that's not my experience it's wrong and just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong and i think having that diversity helps with that as well yeah no i i love it i love it keep keep fighting the good fight um i want to switch to talk about ring the bell a little bit uh the youtube show that you co-host um it's all about women's wrestling news rumors reviews interviews co-hosts like all this stuff how did that show come together the show has actually been around for longer than I've been uh, the co-host. Uh, my now good, really good friend, D.S. Shin, is the creator of that. That started with another uh, ex-women's uh, wrestler as well. And actually got brought on as just as like I was, we were uh, promoting a match. It was a okay. storyline, a storyline purposes. And I came in and took over the show. We were promoting the match that me and the <laughs> other previous co-hosts were in. And then I just kind of like so happened to never leave. And I just stayed there permanently but but the ring the bell specifically was created so there could be an outlet for women wrestling fans because you turn on any media media platform and you will see guys talking about wrestling you will see guys talking about men's wrestling uh, but you'll never see anything dedicated specifically to women's wrestling only and it was like oh why don't you just talk about every like men's wrestling too it's like because there's literally thousands of other places Mm -hmm. where you can find that there's very rarely where you can find a little corner of the internet of where you can talk about women's wrestling specifically. And I think some people might say like, Oh, well you're kind of like segregating or, or, uh, you know, like, uh, going against what you're trying to build and being seen as equal. But if anything, I'm trying to shine a bigger light on it because for years and years and years, women's wrestling has not been seen as an equal, not only not seen as an equal, but not even seen like in the same planet or even atmosphere as men's wrestling. And now we could shine a light on it a, a little bit more and just focus on women's focus on women's wrestling, whether it be just our YouTube channel. Then I think that we're trying to lift up women's wrestling and trying to actually like catch up to men's wrestling because men's wrestling has had these opportunities, have had these exposures, and I don't think women's wrestling have has unfortunately had. And now women's wrestling so light years ahead of what it once was that it's awesome to see that and it's awesome that there's so much women's wrestling now that there is room for a channel for this yeah no i think it's great i think um like you said it's leaps and bounds better right than when 
I think the re- the revolution as WWE recognizes it, um, I think was what, like 2015. So we're about like six years in maybe, but like, so there's been a ton of progress since then, but, um, still so much work to do. I mean, totally. I watching Sasha and Bianca Belair, like right before they locked up for their match, I cried. <laughs> you know, it was like, this is, this is like an amazing moment that you wouldn't have seen. Like totally, how many years, you know, it, yeah, it was amazing. Like, who would ever thought that two women and two women of color, two black women were, yeah. Oh man. Even like me just talking about it. I'm just like, get like a big, like sigh of like, almost like relief. Like, yes, yeah. it finally happened. But honestly, I cannot wait till the day that we're no longer celebrating first that we're no right. longer like super like, yes, of course we're going to be super excited. But once we stop having to celebrate first, stop being like this historic moment. I think that's when we really have seen like seen like women's wrestling be seen as equal because it's awesome. Yes, we should celebrate those first. We should praise them and celebrate them and talk about them. But if we stop celebrating first, then that means that there's been plenty of other women who have made right. it at WrestleMania, you know? So, so that's how, that's the way that I see it. But I totally agree. Seeing them before they locked up was an awesome moment. And I think sometimes we kind of forget that those moments still do exist in wrestling. I think they're far and few in between, oh, yeah. but once you see it, it's, it's a moment you feel it. Yeah. Yeah. It's absolutely. There's, I mean, there are certain moments that you just can't describe like with words. Totally. So. My last question for you in the first round is um, related to Ring the Bell. If you could have any women, any guest on from women's wrestling, dead or alive, who would you pick? Ooh, what a good question. Oh, man, who would I pick? I think a lot of people are not going to like my answer for this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I would like to have Fabulous Moolah on there because I know she's super obviously controversial and I see yeah. why, but just being able to hear her perspective of it, especially from the time that she was really training women's wrestling and w- really, really in- into it. And it'd be really interesting to see the different mindset that you had to have as a women's wrestler back then. And like I said, I know she, I, everything that she has, has been said about her, is is very horrible horrible and I don't I don't condone that at all but kind of like seeing like the mind of like a like a, a, a of the kind of like mad scientist I feel like mm-hmm. that is what she would be like and plus I mean how cool and weird would that be to be able to talk to Fabulous Mula and like actually kind of get to pick her brain for the bad or for the good you know right yeah, no, that's I. That's that's what I wanted. I wanted the real answer. Yeah. Um. Awesome. <laughs> we'll move on to the second round, uh, which is as I mentioned earlier, is called the five for five round. So in this round, um, you have the option or opportunity to ask me five questions. I have five questions prepared for you. Um. So we'll ping pong back and forth, but I'll let you go first because you are the guest. Awesome. I have this question ready. <laughs> Let's roll. Why don't you like In and Out? <laughs> Uh, okay and please explain (laughs) please explain i I, it's not that i don't like in and out um i do like in and out and if i'm in like california i'll absolutely go there it's like one of the probably the first places that i'll you know it's like it's on my list of things to do when i'm there i like it i appreciate it i think it's good i think it's overrated though i like i think people like lose their mind about it a little bit and i don't I'll say it's like, I feel like people have the same reaction to Chick-fil-A. Oh. 
And I'm like, I don't know. It's good. It's fine. Like, but it's not because I think and this is spur- probably spurring from a Twitter <laughs> exchange where I saw <laughs> you saying In-N-Out was better than Whataburger, which I love Whataburger. I it's I think it's so good. And I think it's underrated, quite honestly. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not that I don't like it. I'll absolutely eat there. I don't really eat at Chick-fil-A, by the way. I should be clear about that. <laughs> it has nothing to do with their politics and more to do with I think the best thing on their menu is their sauce. And so yeah. it's not worth the money for me. Um, I would take Raising Cane's over Chick-fil-A all day. Um, but yeah, that's, so that's, I don't want to, I don't want to make it seem like I hate in and out and I won't go there. I absolutely will. And I think it's delicious, but like, I don't think that it's like, I don't know. I think people oversell it a little bit. That makes sense. That's a good answer. I could not wait to ask you that question. I'm like, this is the bigger first question. I asked Logan, you're going to get it. <laughs> I also don't like that you have to order shit off of like secret menus and stuff. Like just put it on the menu for fuck's sake. <laughs> that is true, especially when they have like a three item menu. Like you have right. room to put other stuff on there. So yeah. why not? Well, and you're you're drawing people that have maybe never been before. So like why not show them like the the full the possibilities. Yeah, yeah. The animal style, protein yeah. style, go for it. And I'm not gonna lie, I do like Whataburger myself. But I think I just like to be a heat seeker and just like <laughs> blast that I love in and out more than Whataburger. I love Whataburger. There was one time where I ate Whataburger twice in one day when I was in Texas here recently. But, oh, yeah. I, but, but I definitely, if I had to pick, uh, like in and out is slightly higher than Whataburger. But I, mainly it's just me being an instigator and trying to piss people <laughs> off. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's, you know, everyone has their own taste buds, right? Like that's, that's what makes the world go round. But yeah, I love Whataburger. I, I, and some of it for me is probably the novelty too because I don't get to have it often unless I'm traveling. Ah, so I'm sure and that, that makes sense. And I grew up in, yeah. And I grew up in Texas. So I was like, Oh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, my first question for you is, is there anything that Sriracha shouldn't go on? Um, not food wise, but when it comes to like <laughs> novelty items, yes. But believe me, I try anything and everything with sriracha, like sriracha beef jerky, sriracha popcorn, sriracha almonds that are already sitting on my counter right now. Uh, I will uh, even sriracha vodka. Okay, that's my oh. answer. Alcohol. Vod- vo- sriracha vodka was the shits. It was so bad. It tasted like dirt. I bought four bottles of it because I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be great. I like drinking <laughs> it like sriracha. It, mistakes were made. It was terrible. But also like sriracha chapstick the worst like like okay. i think i just have it now more as a, like a novelty just because like oh look i'm the sriracha muchacha and have a sriracha chapstick and stuff like that but i think my real answer is alcohol alcohol that makes yeah. sense uh, that sounds it was terrible, terrible. Quite honestly. and even like the sriracha like rogue has a sriracha beer but it's a chocolate stout and i really don't like chocolate stouts as it is so <laughs> then you add sriracha on top of that and it's just like terrible but yeah yeah as much i as somebody who loves me, not you. As somebody, as somebody who loves like <laughs> terrible junk food combinations, like Cheetos, mac and cheese bites from like Burger King or whatever. Like I love all that shit. I do think as a uh, as a society, we need to like tone it down with the mixing shit so much. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't know who decided to do all that, but like I, I see it to an extent. But it's like, oh, okay, yeah, like we're, we're getting yeah. a little a little out of hand now. <laughs> yeah, we need to rein it in. Um, yeah. awesome. So it's time for your second question for me. Uh, what is your favorite hot sauce? I guess I should, fa- I'd be like, do you like spicy food? If so, what's your favorite hot sauce? 
Well, I'm very white, so I I like spicy food to an extent. Um, my the my go to utility player is Frank's Red Hot. Um, it's I like it. Um, I use it a lot actually on eggs. I'll, I've been eating eggs for breakfast, and I don't like eggs, so it drowns the taste out. I think it has a nice taste. Um, there's also a restaurant in where I grew up in Cincinnati that's called Skyline Chili that I love. Yes, me lo- too. Okay, okay. Oh. so their hot sauce that they serve there in the bottles, it's not as – I hope they don't hear this. It's not as good if you buy it like from their website or like from the grocery store in Cincinnati. They sell it on shelves there. It's not as good. But on the on the restaurant table in the bottle, chef's kiss. Put that shit on a cracker. That's the best hot sauce that I've had. I wrestle in Ohio a lot, specifically Cincinnati area. So I've been to Skyline Chili before, and yeah. it is not only amazing, but they have a ghost pepper cheese that oh, yes. I've never seen before that I get every time I go there. So I'm a big fan of Skyline Chili, for yeah. sure. With especially the ghost the ghost pepper cheese that I'm, that I'm here for. <laughs> and I'll, I think a lot of people realize that have a misconception misconception of me that I don't like hot sauce besides sriracha but i absolutely love any hot <laughs> sauce any and every hot sauce it's just that nothing else rhymes with muchacha yeah. <laughs> besides sriracha so <laughs> i'll take I'll, I'll take it like uh, uh, randomly i have a sticker mule like sticker mules oh yeah the, the company uh, they have a hot sauce and i have their hot sauce yeah okay yeah, interesting have, yeah so, so, so random <laughs> it's not a sriracha either so it so I'm here to try any and all, all hot, hot sauces. So I'm here for equal, it. Equal opportunity hot sauce lover. I yes. love that. Awesome. My second question for you is, <laughs> it's a compound question. Ooh, I like compound questions. <laughs> because it depends on the answer to the first part. Have you ever been arrested? And if so, what for? If not, what's the closest that you've come to being arrested? <laughs> this is such <laughs> a fun question. I have not been arrested. I have been in handcuffs by police. Okay. <laughs> I should specify. <laughs> I feel like it's bad that I feel like I should specify for that. Um, but the closest I ever been got into being arrested was uh, I was at a club in Texas once, and I used to fight a lot. Like I would like I would fight a lot in clubs at bars. Uh, believe me, I, w- I would always end up fighting other people's fights just because I was willing and down to fight. So I had just uh, kicked this girl's ass in the club and the security came and legs leg sweat me. So I'm like face down on the floor and I'm getting handcuffed and I'm getting handcuffed and I'm wearing a skirt. And I was like, um, can, can you pull my skirt down, officer, please? And then <laughs> and they pull, put my skirt down. They're taking me away and I'm not trying to get my uh, boyfriend at the time attention. I'm like, hey, Cody, Cody. And he wasn't even paying attention because he was over here tr- telling these other guys like, yeah, that's my girl being taken away right now. <laughs> I'm like, thanks. Um, so then they're taking me away and I was just being so nice. I was like, thank you so much for doing your job. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cause, cause such a commotion, but you know how us drunk girls are always <laughs> trying to start a fight. I'm so sorry to disrupt you. Now. You guys are doing such a great job. Thank you so much for keeping everybody else safe. And I was just like, all like hack of like this. I was just like, thank you. And then they're like, you promise not to do it again. I'm like, I promise. And then they let me go. Okay. <laughs> So that was a, it was a close call though, maybe. It was a very close call. Yeah. Okay. I think if it wasn't for me being like, oh, I'm so sorry. Or like, thank you so much for doing your job. I think that's totally talked myself out of being arrested, which is is probably right on brand for me. (laughs) Awesome. Well, it's time for your third question for me. Ooh, uh, who is your current favorite women's wrestler and who is your favorite 
what uh, women's wrestler of all time. Okay. Um, my current favorite women's wrestler. Hmm, I'm going to come back to that one. Okay. <laughs> my, my favorite of all time. It may be the same answer actually for both because she's a current wrestler. Oh, fine. is that fine? Okay. Is that? Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Okay. You'll accept that. Then it's, uh, it's Natty. Natty oh, Neidhart. Love her. Nice. Yes. She is. Um, I, I like her because, um, for a lot of reasons, I think she's a great wrestler. Um, I think I like that she is different than to, to the point earlier, obviously, like she has blonde hair and, you know, but, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I feel like she doesn't like compromise on her values. And I, I'm judging this based. Answer. I love that. <laughs> I'm judging it based solely on my exposure to her on total divas, by the way, I do not know her personally, <laughs> but like she, she seems like a very genuine and authentic person um, who has worked really hard, even though she has like family connections and things like that. I think a lot of people kind of like write that as like the reason that she's done well, but I think she's a tremendous wrestler. I think she's gorgeous. Um, and I think she's, I've met her like unpassing a couple of times and she's always been incredibly kind, um, and generous and seems to really appreciate fans. I agree. I do love Natty. And I remember watching her in like old shimmer tapes. Yeah. Like I, like I thought, <laughs> thought that she was like so cool. I, I, I agree. That's, that's a good answer. I, I like yeah. that. I truly do think that she will. I know that she's going by the moniker best of all time right now. I truly boat. believe that she is the boat. Honestly, yeah. like, I think she's great. Agreed. <laughs> um, cool. My third question for you is what's one thing that people, what's the one thing that people always misunderstand about you? Oh man, what a deep question. I feel like, well, I think I'm going to answer like a super fast, like easy question and then go a little bit deeper. Okay. Um, everybody thinks I'm tall. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like, like, no, that's super, like, like, superficial answer. Like, first one, everybody thinks I'm super tall. I always get like, obviously, as a woman wrestler, you could imagine the type of messages that I get online. But everybody's always calling me like an Amazon or like, can you carry me? This is how much I weigh. This is how tall I am. Can you carry me? Like, oh, you Amazon of a woman. And I'm like, I'm fine too, y'all. <laughs> like, so, or like people meet me in real life and they're like, I thought you were taller. Like, I didn't know what you would thought. I thought it would be tall. I'm like, okay. So, but I guess deeper would be like, um, oh man, that's, I want, I feel like I want to give like a super intellectual question. And yeah, I have so many <laughs> thoughts going through my mind. Uh, but I think is my, childhood and how I grew up I feel like a lot of people like oh that's cool you grew up in Texas and went and 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 uh, came to Chicago and stuff like that but I think a lot of people don't really uh understand and I see why but like how growing up in two different countries can still be hard and I struggle to with to this day like almost like uh making sure you're enough of each, like checking, mm -hmm. almost like checking all, all, all the box, all the boxes and stuff. I, I would pro probably say, I feel like I could talk about this question and answer forever, but I think that would be like my second more philosophical intellectual question is like how hard it is to be like gr growing up, you know, in a border town, Latina, not being able to speak the language uh, when you first cross over for sure. Yeah. Wow. And that's something like, not, like we said, like not that many people could ever really actually relate to. 
Totally, and I get it. Like, I don't expect you know anybody who, that like yeah. oh, I'm, like for, like for example, like you random grew up in Indiana, Indiana, right. Ohio, <laughs> yeah, Indiana. to know that. But I be, I think it's different from actually um, getting it as opposed to like understanding it or wanting to more know about it. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. people could even like, oh man, that's great. I would never be able to. I never know what you went through. But I, I basically, I see it like basically just being seen and being acknowledged that that ha- that that that's also an experience as opposed to like, oh no, that never happened. And just because it right. didn't happen to me doesn't mean just because it didn't happen to me or anybody doesn't mean that it didn't happen to somebody else. Yeah. Okay. And the, I My think question. the world could be a better yep. place if people would do that across the board. Exactly. Yes. And you just like, you don't necessarily have to, I don't even, people don't even have to go through the same experiences, but really just take the time to put yourself in somebody else's shoes or at least understand what, where somebody's, where somebody's coming, coming from. For sure. Yeah. Cool. It's your fourth question for me. Oh man. I feel like I have to ask like two really good questions, but we'll see. Um, (laughs) who is your hero? Ooh, that's a great question. Yes. Mm, my hero. Wow. That's deep. Um, right? <laughs> yeah. Cause there, I feel like you could take that in so many different ways. Yeah. Feel free to take it when any way you want to professionally, personally. Yeah. The, the world is yours. The or <laughs> the question is <laughs> the world. And by the world, I mean, this question is yours. Yeah. Take- this is all I own actually. So, uh, is this question, um, <laughs> Okay, this is going to sound cheesy and cliche. I'm going to say my parents. They, um, they, <laughs> God bless them. They have a heart of gold. Um, they worked their ass off to basically make sure that me and my brothers all had a life that was way better than theirs and so much opportunity. Um, were they perfect parents? TBD. <laughs> I mean, there are things that I disagree with, I think, uh, that they've done, but like they are, they are absolutely, um, they have given so much of their life for us. And I don't, this sounds bad. I don't think I could do that. Like I don't have kids, but like, (laughs) there's a reason, like I wouldn't want to do that, you know? So like, to me, that's pretty heroic, right? Like to give up your entire life for, for your kids. That really is. I don't have kids either and I don't want kids, but shout out to every parent out there because that's like, I don't know how they do it and I don't want to find out how they do it, but it's always like huge shout out and appreciation. And I think it's super cute that you said your parents. That's awesome. (laughs) They're great. They're great. I mean, they have work to do. I could give them a report card, you know? Right. Um, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) No, they do. They have a heart of gold and they, um, they, there is no question that they always come from a good place of love. What do we say all the time? Great intentions, terrible execution sometimes. That's yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that describes one. my parents. Well, shout out, <laughs> shout out Logan's mom and dad. If you're listening to this, I know you say your mom sometimes listens. Sometimes, yeah. So hi. Yeah. Uh, she does. Okay. She'll, she'll turn it off if I say fuck. Oh no. I think we already did. <laughs> yeah, we did. Uh, but I'll, I'll have her listen. Um, my fourth question for you is you've wrestled in many places across America. If you had to pick one regional restaurant chain to bring to Chicago, what would you bring here? Ooh, oh my gosh, this is such a good question. What regional fast food chain to bring to Chicago? Oh man. <laughs> this is gonna be kind of weird because it's 
almost not a restaurant, but it could be a restaurant. Um, Wawa, the oh, convenience store. Yes. Oh my God. Wawa <laughs> is like the best. It is so good. And it's so funny because I've only really had exposure to it like three times, but those three times were like life changing. The very first time I ever had exposure is when I wrestled for uh, WSU up in New Jersey, women's I don't even know what it was called back then, but WSU in New Jersey. <laughs> and uh, there were we were filming all day. And then somebody's like, well, I'm doing a Wawa run. What do you want? I'm like, what's Wawa? They're like, mm. do you know what it is? So I got to partake in the Wawa run and oh, yeah. know what it was. And like that grilled chicken Caesar salad wrap is so good. It's just like, it's so weird. Like a gas station slash convenience store can have yeah. so, so many different uh amounts of food and not only the, the the different types of food that you get but it's so good it's so good it's so, it's so good, good. Yeah, yeah i'm so glad that you said that um <laughs> i spent some time in philadelphia for work uh quite quite a bit of time actually and um and i grew to love wawa and i miss it so much um have you ever tried the gobbler they're like I thanksgiving sandwich it's like a hoagie oh. that's it's got like turkey and cranberry it's so good I, th- yeah. I know what you're talking about, what it is. As soon as you started describing it, I'm like, oh, wait, I know what it is, but I've never had it. But I, I, now next time I'm around the Wawa, I think I'm totally going to try that. But yes, yeah, definitely Wawa run. I know that's super random, probably nope. <laughs> answer. But I, if, if you're hearing this and you're around Wawa and you haven't been to it or if you're going somewhere and probably in the East Coast and you see a Wawa and you haven't gone to it, please go. I yeah. think it's better than Bucky's. Yeah, I said it. And I'm, I'm from Texas and I okay. think it's better than Bucky's. You heard it's it like you read first. my mind. I was going to ask you, actually. I've never been to a Bucky's before. It's just huge. It's like like a Walmart of gas station. It's like convenient when you want like a super specific snack if you're on the road. But it's yeah. also like you walk in. I'm like, why? <laughs> like, that's my question a lot when I walk into a Bucky's. Like, why? Why do I need a lawn chair while I'm on the road? Or like, why do I need like beaver cover, beaver covered saucepan or something like that? Like, yeah. it's just like why yeah. like okay this is cool <laughs> but why <laughs> oh geez um it's time for your fifth and final question for me Ew. i'm gonna go deep again because i feel like okay. the last two questions should it should be deep um is this how how you're living your life right now is this how you pictured your life to be living like because so kind of like a background question like there was like one time when i was like chilling at a dive bar in chicago and i looked over to to cody and i was like this is exactly how i would want like what would pick thought my life would not thought my life would be but like this is exactly what i would want to be doing like just chilling in a dive bar in chicago you know living life but are you basically living your life how you thought you would be um I would say not entirely. And I think some of that's driven by like growing up in the Midwest and being sort of um, planted, like what's the right thing to do or like what's like what you picture your life to be. Um, I think I think there was at least in my in my world, I can't speak for everybody that grew up in the Midwest. In my world, it was like, yeah, you go and do this and you go and do this. So I think like if you were to ask me younger, I probably like envisioned a different life to your, but I think, but it's the right life, right. For me, like I, my wife and I have, um, you know, we have like an awesome relationship. We, um, have been, we've been married now 14 years. Um, yeah, (laughs) thank you. Um, and we just have a really good time, you know? Um, and it's, it's the, I have a, I don't have anything to complain about. 
I mean, I will. Right. <laughs> but, totally. But, but like, you no, life is life is great. Like, I look around and I'm like, I'm so lucky. And it's like dumb things. Like, I'll have really dumb moments where I'll like stop to fill up my gas, like on the way to work, and I'm like, shit. Like, I'm so lucky that I can like pay for gas because some people don't have that luxury, you know. Totally. So it's like little things like that, down to like. You know, I can literally spend a Saturday with my wife, like doing absolutely nothing and just like going into random like little stores in like middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. And like, it's like the best Saturday, you know? So it's like, yeah, yeah we have, and I, um, yeah, I don't know. So it's not probably what I pictured, but it's, I wouldn't change it at all. Um, that's so cool. I, I, my earlier picture what... was wrong. <laughs> Side, side like uh, that was like one A, super small yeah. one B. What did you want to be when you when what 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 did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? When I was a kid, I wanted to be um, an attorney. Oh, well, I think we called them lawyers. Um, <laughs> I, it was only because two things: because I like to argue, um, and my parents told me that that's what lawyers do, and I knew that they made a lot of money. Um, and oh, so at that nice. time, like again, we grew up like very middle class. Um, like we weren't poor, but we weren't rich. Um, but like I, from a young age, like I did at that point, like I, it was very important to me, like at that point in time, money, right? Like, cause I equated money to like people at school that got to do things that were different than, you know, you know how that starts like way, way young. So totally. But yeah. I, but I'm I, glad I that I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> right. Oh, and I, I know totally. My favorite part of your answer was how you said how, uh, it, it's not how you picture it, but it's what's right or what's right for you. Because yeah. I think that goes so much into like, everybody has like, you, you have to live this. You have to do this. You have to go to school. You have to get married. You have to have kids. There's no way. No one ever says like, you have to be a professional wrestler. You have to be a right. comedian, but it doesn't matter just as long as it's right to you and that you're happy. I think that's, that's the best way to live life. A hundred percent. Because we Without, took so much flack for like, not wanting to have kids um, to the point that it like, it actually got really, really tiring, right? Because people would say, first they would say things like, oh, maybe you'll change your mind or like, you know, maybe not now, but maybe someday. And I was like, I don't know, maybe when I was younger, I wanted to have kids, like when I didn't realize, but like, there is not a bone in my body that wishes ever that I had a child of my own to take care of. And my wife's the same way. And she's a teacher of young children. Like, it's not that she doesn't like them. Like she loves them, but like, that is not the life that we chose to be. I don't, do you know who Pat Tomasulo is from WGN news? Oh yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so he's actually a wrestling fan um, and a comedian, but he has this, he had this bit at one point where he was like, cause him and his wife don't have kids and he would, he, he would get the same thing. And he told people like one of his responses was like, well, I'd probably be a good grocery cashier too, but I don't want to be, you know? And I'm like, that's a hundred percent right. Like, yes, I would be a good dad because I would like pour myself into it, but that's not the, that's not the life that I want at all. Totally. Yep. And I, I have nieces totally... and nephews who I adore, mm -hmm. but I don't have to have them all the time. <laughs> yeah. A 1000% can a 1000% agree with you on everything that you said about that. Yeah. Cause I feel the exact same way about kids for sure. Yeah. Sorry. The kids thing overall, is a trigger. <laughs> right. I know. Same, same for me. Believe me, I can go on and on and on about the comments that I get. I get asked how many kids I have as opposed to do I have kids? Right. Just because I'm like, so we can literally go on and on about this. I'm, yeah. I'm sure. But I feel like the general consensus theme of what not only like uh, ongoing thread of the podcast that life should be is like just because it's different doesn't mean it's wrong. 
a hundred percent. It's Jeez. everyone has like the right, the right path for them. So exactly. Um, well, nice my fifth question. and final question for you is based on the time that we've spent together right now. And I know that you have tattoos. I have zero tattoos. If you were taking me to get a tattoo right now and I let you pick what it was, what would you pick and why? Oh my gosh. What a great question. Okay. <laughs> I would have you pick, I will let you get a tattoo where, you know, you have a tattoo, but you don't know. Everybody could like, probably not a huge arm piece. I'll have <laughs> you get this tattoo like me. Oh, and your th- that probably hurts okay. though. It did not. I would have you get a tattoo in your inner lip because okay. it does not hurt at all. But when you show it off to people, everybody's like, oh, my gosh, that is the coolest thing ever. And it's really the weirdest thing is like the buzzing machine, uh, the tattoo gun buzzing in your mouth because it kind of feels like you're at the dentist because it goes like all over. But it doesn't hurt at all because it, it's kind of like the perceived like, oh, man, you're such a badass. You have like, oh, yeah. a tattoo inside your lip when in reality it didn't hurt at all. So I will let you even pick the word that you wanted to be put in your, mm. in, inside your lip. But I would be like, get him an inside lip tattoo right now. <laughs> Stop. I so would, I think I would tattoo my skyline chili order. Yes. That would be awesome. That, that yeah. hot sauce that you were talking about. Oh yeah. Cra- they call it a cracker bomb when you called? put it on the crackers, the skyline, it's skyline chili hot sauce. Oh. I mean, I know it's very, <laughs> it's very anticlimactic. Oh <laughs> Um, (laughs) but i would get yeah i would tattoo my skyline order so i wouldn't have so if i ever lost my voice i could still enjoy skyline yes (laughs) as opposed to just writing it on a piece of paper (laughs) (laughs) that's boring and it doesn't make you look like an instant badass no matter where you are be like oh yeah let's see mine says my my inner lip tattoo says ruda which means heal in lucha libre or spanish uh, i love that in spanish terms so yeah shout out for lita lita definitely was the one that inspired me to get it because she has punk tattooed on yeah i knew she had that i couldn't remember what her said but wow awesome well it's time for the third and final round where we'll bust out the paper uh fast friends fortune teller um, Wasn't it used to call the cootie catcher? Weren't those cootie, catcher, cootie catchers yeah. at one point? Yeah. Some people call them cootie catchers. Um, I don't. I don't think I ever called them that. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, it's, so it's the fast friends fortune teller. So what we'll do is we'll go through a series of questions that'll reveal an activity that we'll play. Um, and so I'll ask you the questions now. In these, in this instance, uh, you pretend that you and I are on a road trip in these for these questions. So the first question is. I ask you um, to turn on a playlist of boy bands because I love boy bands. Um, which boy band would you pick to start off? Would you pick Backstreet Boys, Sync, One Direction, or 98 Degrees? Backstreet Boys. For sure, uh, Backstreet Boys. Oh, no. Right. What do you like? Are you an NSYNC person? You're an NSYNC person. I do like NSYNC, but I'm, uh, because I'm from Cincinnati, I love 98 Degrees. Oh, Backstreet Boys I, Live are awesome, by the way. They put on a great show. I've never actually seen them live. I would see you them. Should. It's just that I haven't. I keep saying that I'm from Cincinnati. I'm from the Cincinnati tri-state area, which is like Indiana, uh, Chicago, like Chicago land. It's like the same thing. I grew up across the state line in Indiana, but it was like if I had to go to the dentist, we had to go to Cincinnati. <laughs> okay, so we're stopping for a road trip snack. I guess it could be at a Wawa. Who cares, right? But we would get something off the off of this menu. But um, at, if we're stopping for a road trip snap, would you get corn nuts, milk duds, sour patch kids, or cheez its? Milk duds, corn nuts. What was the other one? Sour patch kids or cheez its? Sour patch kids. Okay. 
And we're finally stopping at a drive-thru to get um, a snack or a meal. Sorry. <laughs> Would you stop at Burger King, Arby's, Wendy's, or McDonald's? Oh, man. Good question. Wendy's. Wendy's is classy. They have the, now they have the four for four. Yeah. See? I know Arby's had the five for five. Now Wendy's has the four for four. That's true. That's true. So behind uh, Wendy's is two truths and a lie. Ooh. Um, so in this round, you get to tell me three things, and I have to try to guess which one of them is the lie. Okay. Sounds good. I studied abroad in Spain. I've been on an episode of Jerry Springer, and I'm terrified of E.T. Okay, so two of those are true. For some reason, the E.T. thing like, checks out for me. I think I can see that, and I'm also terrified of E.T., but that's not why. I don't know. It just um, that seems like a very interesting thing. Um, I, don't think, I don't think you've been on Jerry Springer. I think that's a lie. Is that the lie? <laughs> no, that's the truth. The lie was I did not study abroad in Spain. Oh, wow. I've been, I've been on an episode of Jerry Springer. <laughs> oh, my God. Can, can we know what the episode was the theme? Yes, of course. Uh, it was uh, the it was a, like a, tri- a love triangle episode where I had to. Um, they So obviously, I'm sorry to break everybody's heart, but the Jerry Springer shows the work. Yeah, I'm sorry. To, I don't know if everybody knew this, but I'm, I'm sorry if I'm breaking, <laughs> telling people like it's like telling San, the, the truth about Santa, but Jerry Springer's at work. So they were really trying to get, they found me and Cody on MySpace and they were like, hey, do you have like a sister you could bring in so it could be like a love triangle? I'm like, no, I'm an only child. It's like, what about a cousin? I'm like, uh, no, they all live in Mexico. It's like, what about a coworker? And like, uh, no. So <laughs> I brought in my uh, old friend, my wrestling friend, Pink. Raina Pring to, to come in and be he she had to pretend she was Cody's co-worker and that they were like dating but like we were still dating and and the whole thing was like at first I, I was supposed to be the first person that you know comes out and like it tells the whole story and they're sitting there but when I was doing it the producers told me that I was showing too much emotion on my forehead and they kept on telling me stop doing that I'm like, stop doing what? It's like, you're doing this thing with your forehead. So <laughs> the producers ended up not liking me. So I ended up having the, my friend, the wrestler was the first person that came out and all my job was, was to come out and spear her. So it was, it was great. Like all my, like, that's what I did on the Jerry Springer show. Came out, uh, spear my friend, fight around. Cody came out, got slapped. His glasses went flying and Jerry Springer picked up his glasses and just handed to him. And it was a great time. And they actually hated that we were pro wrestlers. They said, do not mention anything that you guys are wrestlers. And at the end of it, you know, when everybody gets on the front of it and like the crowd gets to ask questions, one of the members of the audience asked, um, oh, this is for the girl in pink. Is it? A, did, did you grow up with a whole bunch of uh, brothers or in a football team? Because that tackle was great. And I said, oh, actually, yeah, I'm a professional wrestler. And just smiled. <laughs> and when they when they aired that show, they completely cut my answer off. Oh, of they course. just showed yeah. me smiling. Yeah, they yeah. just showed me like smiling. I'm like, oh, those assholes. But yeah, Jerry, it's so funny. I just think it's ironic how the Jerry Springer producers is a word, but hate wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's funny, Jerry Springer is oh, yeah. also from Cincinnati, by the way. Oh, yeah, he is. Wasn't <laughs> he, he the mayor or the he governor? He was the mayor. He was the mayor. Yeah. And he allegedly wrote a, che- a check to a prostitute is the what? word oh, on the street. Fine. Yeah, I don't nice. know. I would have him but on yeah. to talk about it if he wants to come on. But That would be great. You know. <laughs> come on, Jerry Springer. Come <laughs> yeah, through. Come but on. yes, I am, I am very terrified of E.T. Like, I absolutely, like, I will cry. I, I hate yeah. E.T. Yeah, He's same. so scary. Especially it's when he a- turns white in that one yeah. scene in the movie. No, I don't even want to think about it. 
Yeah, it's too much. It's too much. Well, this is the time uh, where the rubber meets the road to the to the podcast where um, Paloma Star Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request. Do you confirm or delete it? Hmm. I confirm. <gasps> that was so easy. So fast. Thank you. Thank you. Um, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Um, if you can, can you please like plug where people can find you, where they can watch your shows uh, on YouTube, all that kind of stuff. You can find me at Paloma Star on Instagram and Twitter, star with two R's. And you can check out Ring the Bell on YouTube. Awesome. Um, Ring the Bell, two L's. E. Yes, and one E. Yeah. <laughs> There's always two right? L's. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. I'm like, I agreed with you. I'm like, yes, Bell, yes. Bell with two L's. <laughs> two L's and an E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was an, uh, an absolute pleasure to have you. And I'm so glad that we are friends. If you're listening at home, if we are going to hang out for the first time and you want to tell us, text us at 872-267-2735 or hit either of us up on Twitter and tell us what you would plan for us to do. Thank you so much for having me on. This was so fun. Can I be on again? Is that a thing? Can we be friends again? Or I can't be on it again because we're already friends, but we'd love to do this any more time. Thank you so much for having me. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks so much. Have a great night. Thank you all so much. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all-new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.